0: Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices—all the parts your car will ever need. Please meet you. We're all glad you came. Won't you try and remember our name?
1: Tapping pavement. Got our
0: gear all packed. All right, welcome to Locked On Sharks. We're going to continue our interview with Garrett Hull today. Um, My name is J.D. Young, and I'm joined by Eric, Kyle, and Garrett. So we're just going to jump right back in. Make sure you, um, if you missed the first part, uh, that was on Wednesday. If not, uh, go ahead and enjoy part two with Garrett.
1: Um, You mentioned sort of somewhere in there about how most of the arguments on Twitter are um, about whether or not player X is better than player Y, or or team A is better than than team B. Um, And we're on the team B because our team is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, one thing that I've seen a lot of talk about recently, so this guy, Sam Forstner, who seems fairly new on the scene, um, has been spitting out his his um, regularized adjusted plus minus model showing players' impact on expected goals. But instead of just, like, one number, he's showing sort of a distribution of, of like, what we think Where we think their impact may fall between and he sort of did i think he wrote a whole blog post i know he did um sort of saying hey these metrics as as powerful as they are most players in a given season are you know between one or two standard deviations of the mean just like by definition and so you end up with a whole lot of average players and people are sort of arguing player x is better than player b but they're probably a lot closer and i guess i'm just sort of wondering Um, you know, that strikes me as something that that could be improved upon with how public data is presented. I think a lot of times it's really easy to look at even the like the shot charts on Micah's website and say, Oh, this player is plus five percent offense, this player is plus eight percent offense, the guy with eight percent is better. And so, I'm wondering if you think it would be helpful to sort of have more, I guess, like error bars or showing more of the distribution of these metrics, or if that matters as much, even if we're just making silly arguments on the internet.
2: Uh, I mean. It's, it's not a that's not the first time this argument's happened. Uh, like, it was a very, very long ago when no one really cared about uh, hockey analytics except for a very small niche crowd. Well, I mean, it's still just a small niche crowd, but it's, yeah, just, I, was gonna, it's I was gonna say, it's, <laughs> it's <a> larger, <laughs> what has changed? <laughs> this this is back when uh, people like I'm talking about back when used to have blog posts and you'll read the comment section of the blog post. and it's literally just seven guys going back and forth talking about how to improve these metrics and all those guys in the blog posts are guys that are either A, like working for hockey teams now or B, kind of retired from the, um, but like I remember, I remember once kind of bringing up a very similar point, not in terms of like, hey, all these players are very close to each other, but like, and like, you know, because, as I pointed out, you know academically, analytics is where I kind of came from biostatistics specifically, and I was like, look, if we're gonna be making you know these comparisons of players and talking about whether or not decisions are right or wrong or um- par- making all these comparisons, we need to have you know not just be talking about you know what the numbers are suggesting but also like putting error bars on these things. And the now vice president of analytics at uh, the devils, Tyler Dello replied to my tweet saying, nobody wants nobody on Twitter or reading a blog post wants to see a discussion on error bars. So I mean, that's (laughs) kind of, I wish I was
1: still around to look at. That's amazing.
3: That seems Uh, run. That seems run of the course for Tyler though. Yeah.
2: I mean, so that, that kind of, that kind of tells you like what the situation is because I mean, there's also a thing about like know your audience. There's a difference in terms of, you know, talking to some random person on Twitter um, about whether or not Player A is better than Player B versus whether or not you're making a hundred, hundred thousand dollar. Okay, that's way too little money. Um, like a million dollar gamble on whether or not Player A is actually better than Player B. Uh, so those 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 differing situations are obviously going to cause error bars you know, to matter a lot more because it's, you know, A has better stats than B. So A is more likely better than B. But is that like a 55 versus 45%? Or are we talking like an 80 versus 20% chance of being better? So like then all of a sudden that matters. I mean, like that that stuff does get talked about. Like I remember when Dawson Spriggins, uh, more back then known as Don't Tell Me About Heart, released his public model on uh war he's like one thing you have to realize with war is war is an aggregate of estimations and so you know it's one thing when you're looking at our APM model and you know that's one estimation based off some stuff so there's going to be some error bars when you're adding a bunch of things that have error bars that's going to hugely increase the error bars it's like when you're looking at a player and you're saying like hey this guy's got like a 3.8 goals above replacement. This guy's got a 3.7. He's better. Yeah, that's not really the case. Uh, but, like, when you're talking about a player who's 30.8 versus 3.8, okay, then you have a little bit of degree of certainty. So that discussion is there, but, and always has been there. But a lot of it gets, I think, probably thrown to the back more than it should, uh, just because of the fact that sometimes people are afraid to or comp- complex their their discussions because they're afraid of you know how people react to that and also because of the fact that it's more work. This is fact. If you're trying to pump out content, you got to pump out content. Right.
1: right. And this I I mean, you know, this I mean no disrespect. I, I love like Micah and and the twins at evolving wilds work and I'm not trying to tell them they need to but air bars and all their shit i just i've seen the argument before and so i thought i thought i would ask someone who's more well versed in this stuff all
0: right guys we want gonna take a quick break to talk to you guys about our friend at rockauto.com so their website where you can purchase parts for your vehicle and guess what it doesn't matter what type of car you have so you have a cool classic car that you only bring out on sundays and drive around um, or if you have your commuter card that just gets you to work, rockauto.com has you covered. Um, they have parts for whatever you need. So if you need an engine control module, a brake part, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, they've got it on their website with a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Uh, their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. So you quickly see all the parts that are available for your vehicle. Choose a brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Um, and right now when you go to checkout, we make sure you uh, write in locked on in there how did you hear about us box? So that way they know that we sent you. Remember with rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliable right prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right guys, you wanna take a quick break to talk to you guys about DoorDash. So if you're like me and you're super busy and you sometimes have a really limited time and don't feel like cooking, um, DoorDash is a great way to get food delivered straight to your house. Um, so, they're an app. You go online, you pick what type of food you want, and they'll deliver it safely outside your house with new contactless delivery drop off settings. Um, they've partnered with over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. So, you can support your local go tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. So, you just go to uh, open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant and the food that you want, and they'll be left right at your door. And right now, if you, our listeners, get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. So when you download the DoorDash app, enter the code locked NHL. Again, that's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code locked NHL. Don't forget, $5 off. Use the code locked on NHL.
1: Um, and I think that sort of leads me to, to another question where, again, it's easy on Twitter to compare two players using these models and spit out a chart, especially because they look kind of nice. Um, but sometimes, you know, sometimes there always seem to be a handful of players who are like, they look really good on the models or at least look solid on the models, but NHL teams just will not play them, won't pick them up. Um, you know, Is this, do you think there's something there that like the general public is missing that maybe... Teams might have more information about like through video or tracking or sort of team fit or or do you think sometimes teams just miss players that they shouldn't miss? Um, and I think this also falls under the category of signing and trading for players. I think you know the penguins with Jack Johnson is a good example. All the publicly available models say he's not very good and yet and yet here we are. Um and so I think there's there's Often the analytically minded folks will sort of, I think, be like, hey, I don't understand this. This guy is awful. And some people will say, hey, but, you know, coaches care more about winning than any of us ever could. They, they're they not like, you know, they're not like oblivious to this. But and yet you sort of see some of these players trotted out or missed or left off a lineup. So I'm just curious if you think you think the general sort of public discussion is more or less correct and teams just kind of make mistakes on occasion or if there's stuff that we publicly are missing, um, in this discussion?
2: Well, no matter what, it's going to be a combination of both. Um, cause that, that's, that's going to be, that's always going to be the case. No matter like what the model, like, even if you're cause I test or whatever, or model versus model, like even the, the eye test is technically a model, it's just whether it's a computer or a person or whatever. That's um, model. Yeah. Um, no, no matter what, you're, you're comparing two different ideas of this is the distribution of good versus bad. Of when you're, you're lining up all the players from good to bad. And there'll be differences on certain players. So you can like they'll agree upon some things, and they'll disagree upon some things. And the agreements, the the agreements, are never the interesting thing. It's always the disagreements that are the interesting thing. And no matter what, even if you're talking about like a really bad model versus a very good model, no matter what, in the disagreement uh, distribution, there'll be sometimes where the bad model is still right, and the good model is wrong. Like if you get a large enough sample size. Because that's that's just the nature of the beast. Um, what makes the good model better than the bad model is whether or not it's correct more often um, when they disagree. So that that's what separates it. So like no matter what, there's there's going to be something there that that maybe coaches or the eye test or the public is wrong on um, that the opposite is right on. Uh, but what what makes it interesting and what you're trying to do is you're trying to make it so that you're right the most often whenever, whenever your opinions dis- disagree. Um, and just stepping back like 7 to 10 years, I mean, the reason why a lot of these analytics got, pop- got popular was because of the fact that we were able to um, like before any of this like private stuff became really a big deal and it was just basically these bloggers versus decisions being made by these GMs who are part of this uh, fraternity or whatever um, the whole reason why these analytics got like popular was because of the fact that they were able to predict wrong decisions um, so already at that point there was some merit um, like for example the whole PDO statistic um, the whole reason like people ca- call it the luck statistic which is a bit of a misnomer but it literally just came from like as i was saying like those old blogs where there's only about seven or eight people um always um making this uh the same replies and comments on it there's a guy and his username was just pdo and he said just that like a lot of like times where gms make a mistake in buying high or selling low is based off of these two shooting shooting and save percentage combinations and that's where that stat kind of came from um but going back to like, is there something there? I mean, like, I would say this is it's a tough to, question to answer because, uh, like, I'm not in the war room, right? I do supply data to some of these teams. I right. have my own models. Um, generally speaking, I'm not working too much in the NHL level, but I do also have friends who work for NHL teams um, and people who previously worked with me, both at Hockey Grass and Hockey Data, and um generally speaking like there are some very intelligent people they have their own models they have their own uh, data sets and sometimes they're going to be right and some like i'm not just talking about them i just mean teams going back to teams versus like the public sometimes they are privy to better things um so that might be making the right decision but sometimes they might be privy to the right stuff still making the wrong decision because of the fact that like no matter what when. know the numbers might not lie but your inferences based off the numbers can lie Um, so your own biases you could be like okay that maybe this player has bad numbers but i think he's the exception so you kind of do it for them and it turns out he's not actually the exception or maybe the numbers that you like uh, tend to be the ones that you think matter more even though they actually matter less or maybe you're just like an old school guy that's not listening to your stats, the stats group that was implemented by the ownership group. So there's there's a lot of different things that, can, that are going on in there. Um, but, I mean, it, it's definitely, I think, a mixed bag. Uh, there's definitely times that I believe that the public is right on some of these players and they just haven't gotten a chance because of the fact that you know there might be a stigma on the player just because they've... Haven't ha- having been able to grasp a couple opportunities or whatever.
3: Is there, is there kind of switching a little bit of gears? Is there any leagues that you can't track just because there's no video or anything like that? Or is there some leagues where tracking is almost impossible, but you just try your best or, or is everybody kind of good and then the bad ones are just kind of,
2: kind of struggle through. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, nowadays, let's be honest, almost all teams have video uh, going to, like... Use... Do you have access to those video? Like, you can just request from a team? Yeah, I mean, so, generally speaking, there's kind of different access points that we get video from. Uh, sometimes it's uh, stuff that we've worked with the leagues to get their video. We might have, like, an agreement with them, so, like, they get some stuff from us return um for us getting access to the video. Um uh, and then like like almost every league has video available nowadays because the fact that like for example I, I for two years uh volunteered uh and GM'd uh uh Greater Vancouver Canadians, which is like a major midget level um uh for those who well, uh, don't follow like lower level hockey major midgets like highest level of non-junior level hockey so generally speaking this is where the junior players are coming from uh so for example just the team that i gm'd not while i was gming but they've successfully had a lot of nhl players come out like Brandon gallagher evander kane tristan jari troy stetcher um so like this is a very high level of hockey where you Getting a lot of these premium players Um, But it's still not even junior. It's they're 15 year old 16 year old kids and they still have broadcasts Because that's what the parents wanted. They want to you know the kit the Vancouver teams playing in cold Prince George Which um, I'm sure most of the San Jose fans are like Prince George. I have no idea where that is Uh, but to give you an idea this is Vancouver's not like what the stereotype of is. Prince George almost it is <laughs> like it's cold <laughs> it's remote it's snowy it's in the middle like, of this giant province yeah it's three quarters of the time like super cold and then one quarter of the time it's like super hot and there's like no in between like it doesn't have seasons it just has two things
1: cold and hot uh is it is, it, is Prince Albert in the same area or is that just a differently it's in a different province yeah uh,
2: no, not quite Uh, but (laughs) close close. we just love the royals here very much love our monarchs Ah, gotcha um but yeah so like the parents are like i don't want to go go all the way there to watch my kid play so i'm just going to watch this video broadcast and so so i mean the video is always there uh generally speaking you know depending on like like what are we tracking for is going to be differing uh so for example, there's no NHL team that's getting me to track major midget games. Um <laughs> there's there's no there's no NHL team that's into that. Uh when we're tracking those kind of things, that's because you know we might have a player or a player agency that's wanting us to you know do one of those packages I was talking earlier about. And um so they're gonna be providing the video for us. And so we're like, hey, send send us some video and we'll 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 do that. Um I mean that's kind of like how we got our start is like we were just it was uh uh cis which is like the canadian equivalency of the ncaa uh there was a college hockey kid and we we did some stats for him because he requested it he sent us video and uh we made some packages for him and he showed his coach he's like oh coach what do you think of this and the coach was like oh this is really interesting He was like you should do the whole team and it's like oh, we're a player agency. That's a conflict of interest. And, um, and the coach was like, Garrett, go solo. So I did. And that's kind of how it started. Heck.
0: That's <laughs> awesome. All right, guys, you want to take a quick break to talk s- to you about something really serious. Um, So talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like I lost my mojo. We avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can take a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you for free, two-day shipping. Um, The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Um, getting us started is easy. Just go to Roman.com and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunctioning used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with healthcare professionals and take care of it. Um, so right now, though, we are offering if you go to Roman.com slash lockdown NHL today, if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash lockdown NHL. Getroman.com slash lockdown NHL.
1: Um. That's, that also that, rem, that reminds me you saying you know coaches or teams aren't usually asking for, for minor midget data, but um, they're clearly watching these kids for a few years. Cause in 2017, the Sharks drafted uh, Jake McGrew in the sixth round, a forward um, playing in WHL. I forget what team. He missed his entire draft season to injury, and they still took a flyer on him. So they clearly had been already watching him for a year or two before and felt confident enough in his age 16 17 season to pull the trigger granted it was a 6 round pick so it wasn't super valuable but like how do you know how far back these these teams are scouting players for for the draft
2: um i mean that that answer is kind of difficult to answer or sorry that question is very difficult to answer because um it, it's it's kind of layered so one, uh, the people that are into like scouting, like I'm not talking about the GMs. I'm talking about like the actual like area scouts and such like that. they're they're into this thing. like they they like knowing about kids before they even play the teams uh, and the levels of hockey that uh, that you're taught, that are that they're being positioned to do. So, like, for example, you're like the Western area scout for the San Jose Sharks. And so you're looking at a lot of like BCHL and WHA, or sorry, WHL and and some USHL games. Like they're going to be checking out some of those games beforehand, just because you know they might be at the arena and stuff stuff's going on, or they hear about a kid uh, from the coach, because like you know the coach of like that USHL USHL team, well they they know you know a good chunk of the kids that are going to make the team the next year, so they already kind of know some of the best midget players so they're hearing that from the coaches but also a lot of like being an NHL scout's not a very high paying job a lot of these guys are pulling double triple quadruple duty um so like for example it's not rare to see a guy that's you know he's scouting for an NCAA team but he's also scouting for like uh, a USHL team um for, for that one area generally speaking like the nhl scouts usually aren't double triple dipping just because of uh, contract enclosures and, and stuff like that but so they're they're looking at the lower levels maybe not for the team like the the ncaa his ncaa job he's looking at the ushl but for his ushl job he's looking at a level lower so you're kind of seeing the guys before they're reaching up your higher job so there, there is a bit of that, uh, just because, you know, that's what scouts are into. Um, in terms of, like, tracking games, though, uh, the reasoning why is because um, when you're wanting this large amount of data, um, you're, d- you're dealing with leagues where you're getting lots of prospective players. Like, for example, if, you, if you're getting data for the Western Hockey League, you're getting a lot of potential draft picks. But if you're, like, when you're talking about that midget kid, how many kids actually get drafted from that level? Like, So if they got that data beforehand, not knowing that they would be wanting that kid, you know, they're getting that data knowing that there's probably only one or two people in that entire data set that they actually are ever going to care about. So that's why they're not going to spend that kind of money on something like that.
1: That makes sense. Um, no, I know NDAs are probably an issue here, but I wanted to sort of, as we're, as we're closing things out, ask if you'd be able to shed any sort of light on maybe like some of the Sharks prospects on the Barracuda or at younger, you know, lower levels and not necessarily specifics, but like, hey this player looks pretty good based on our our software or, or our you know, interactions with his data Um,
2: I will say this
0: you can just answer Ryan Merkley and we can move on. That's fine. <laughs> That's all we got. Uh, uh
2: Ryan Ryan Ryan's uh Ryan was a fun player to watch. Like I, I don't actually dig too much into the it's kinda interesting interesting. like I used to be able to tell you about almost any prospect that was drafted in the first like four or five rounds I know stuff about them. I'm not, I'm not at that point anymore. Uh but Ryan Merkley was always a fun one to watch. Um and interesting and sometimes seeing him lead a breakout and you're like why is he leading the breakout uh or or sorry not right, leading the not? breakout but like what i meant was being outside of the defensive zone before anyone else um uh, but uh no no he's 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 good uh but de- definitely like what i will say and can say is that there is a lot of power in age adjusted scoring um and like adjusting that scoring, with, uh, or like how the team is scoring, and there are models like that because of the fact that like, generally speaking, like people are like, oh, there's no, you're not getting any of the like the defensive value of those kind of players and stuff like that, and it's true. Like, there's legitimate like things that you're missing upon. But uh, scoring means a lot in lower levels because, like i always use this example. Think of some of the best defensive defensemen in NHL.
1: Last year, uh, scored a lot his draft year.
2: Exactly. They scored a whole bunch at these lower levels because they're playing against kids who will never, ever touch even remotely close to the NHL. So just because that you have that talent level of being competent at hockey at a much higher level. So, like, And like I said earlier when we're talking about, like, you know, expected goal models with getting all this extra granular data, I kind of mentioned it. Like, players who are good at hockey generally are good at most things. And sometimes players who don't statistically seem a particular way in the NHL is because of the fact that they've been put into a role. It's not your role to score, so don't score. Well, they're not saying don't score, but, like, I mean, I mean, Look at my old Twitter from like 2013, 2012, and you'll hear me screaming about Chris Thorburn and how the Jets shouldn't play him. But Chris Thorburn scored a whole bunch of points in the American Hockey League. That's that's a high level of hockey, right? Right. Like that that's 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 just the way it is. Um, so I mean, points. Like people are saying, like, oh, Yo, you're just watching the statue. You don't understand the game, or whatever." It still it tells you a lot. I mean, it also tells you that the coach trusts them to put them out for enough ice time that they're able to get those points, too, right?
3: Right, right. Well, I would right. just like to clarify. Points do
1: matter. Points do matter at lower levels, because that's all you have. But when you get to the NHL, there are better models to evaluate the players. Don't <laughs> no like worry, Kyle.
0: I'll, I'll clip points. that part, where it's just points matter. That's the only thing that matters. <laughs> so so matter here, here's,
2: a good, here's a good way to look at, like... This is a whole different discussion, talking about, like, goals goal models versus points and stuff like that like points tell you how a player has been able to create some of the goals for that has happened there's also goals for that have happened that the player didn't get points on and of course there's also all those goals against so points matter in telling you how a player is particularly suited in producing certain goals for but the problem is if there's trade-offs um, you might not be able to see those tradeoffs in points. Like, for example, a former Winnipeg Jets fan, you got Kyle Connor. Um, Kyle Connor scores a, more points than Nikolai Ehlers. What the, p- those points don't tell you is the, fa- or sorry, those points tell you Kyle Connor is able to produce goals in a particular format, mostly scoring them himself. Uh, but what they don't tell you is that Nikolai Ehlers is the better player overall. Because the fact that Nikolai Ehlers, despite not scoring those points, is able to produce uh, things that help the team outside of just scoring points—that's generally how I try to shape it.
1: That makes sense. We just yell at each other: "Points matter. Points don't matter." Until the episode's over, most nights. So that's <laughs> a, that's a more that's a more nuanced understanding of it. I will uh, I will adjust my priors and um, come back to Kyle with, with a better way of, of talking about points. Um, I think i think that's kind of all we have time for tonight so garrett i just wanted to say thank you for joining us that was that was awesome i really enjoyed it i don't know if these two uh game watchers cared at all about that discussion but uh i i certainly did um pal you want to you want to lead us out of here
3: yeah i mean i enjoyed it it was thoroughly interesting i was just mostly staring off into space listening to the words enter my brain and being like man I do not know shit about shit. I, I,
0: like I think like I'm expecting yeah. a math test coming my way here soon, so I am, you know. But yes, yeah, no, was it like, was just
3: like very interesting, highly interesting. Yes, stuff. very interesting. Um, I feel
0: my I feel much smarter than I did about an hour ago. So,
3: yeah, that that's all. That's what we're trying to do, right? Is we're trying to trying to be smarter fans, smarter, smarter everything. I may not know how to drive now because all that information pushed the other stuff out of my <laughs> my brain, but um we get out of here um i guess if you want to follow us on twitter you can follow us at Lockdown sharks um uh, you can follow me at kyle demetrius you can follow jd at my fry you can follow eric at foulball 15 garrett where are all the beautiful places we can find you facebook instagram snap uh i don't care what you want to <laughs> share go,
2: go nuts uh well the only thing that you'll fan. ever find hockey related is on twitter uh or I don't yell about hockey quite as much as I used to. Uh, I, they se- I seem to get in less and less trouble when I yell about hockey now, so I think I've gotten away with it. Um, and I, or i got a good balance of not angering potential clients with my yelling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no Facebook. I don't have it anymore. I haven't had it for almost a decade now. Uh, Lucky you.
0: <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I, I just, it was during a, a university reading break and I was like, oh, I got to really study for all these tests. So I'm going to close it temporarily. And I just never open it up again.
0: Nice. That's sick. Um, I, I literally have to have it for my job. I've not, I would have gotten rid of it a long time ago. So Ugh, it's the worst. Yeah. It is the worst place.
3: Yeah. I think we can find both places that you co-founded at hockey graphs and at hockey data Inc. Um, and then we can find you at Garrett hole, correct? Garrett with one T uh,
2: with one T, even though my dog would spelt with two T's apparently.
3: <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. So if you guys want to check it out, um, Garrett is terminally online. So I'm sure he'll answer uh, your <laughs> questions if, if you, if you head over there and, and, and get at him. Um, but I think on behalf of the three of us, we, we really enjoyed that. And we thank you for coming on and making us smarter and hopefully uh, our audience enjoyed Coming smarter and learning more about the analytics side. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that before we get out of here. Eric, do you have any final thoughts? I just anything. Um,
2: sorry, I forgot.
1: I, oh, go ahead. Was I was just say? Gonna
2: say, thanks for yelling. Or sorry. Thanks for lying. And, uh, you know, puffing up my ego. Thanks guys.
1: Mm-hmm. No problem. No problem, man. Um, no, though. I, uh, I, the one thing I forgot to ask you is I just started tweet about Bogosian earlier tonight about how, uh, Sort of he was he was misused, I think, when he got to the NHL and I forgot to to ask you about that sort of thing and and your views on where rookies should play in the lineup and that sort of thing, but we'll we'll do it another time, I guess. So yeah, just thank you for coming on. That was awesome. I enjoyed getting to ask all those questions. Um appreciate you taking the time to respond and uh letting us know when I crept too close to the NDA. <laughs> no worries. All right,
3: we'll catch you guys tomorrow, Friday, with another prospect. Uh, yeah, until then, be- later.